Life Audio. Today on Talk About That, John shouts at the clouds about the return of a certain hairstyle and tries to come up with photo shoot poses that aren't awkward. Meanwhile, I accidentally steal someone else's luggage on a road trip and tell the story of the world's foremost school for department store Santas, plus a conversation about honor culture and the fine line between healthy and toxic when it comes to memorializing flawed people. Today's episode is not sponsored by the snooze button. It's the best sleep you'll ever have right before you lose your job. But first, a word from our actual sponsor. Hello, folks. My name is Derek Greer, and I'm reaching out to fellow pastors and church leaders just like you to join me and other Christian leaders and organizations throughout the nation as we come together on June 8th and 9th for National Unity Weekend. Together, we will show the love of Jesus as we serve our communities on Saturday, June 8th, and then preach from a shared text on Sunday, June 9th. To register, go to unityweekend.com. That's unityweekend.com to join us as we unite the church and unite the nation. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. Coming at you live. Hitting us with your best shot, Johnny. Let's talk about that. Fire away. You know, she doesn't sing that anymore. Or she stopped for a time. I wonder why. I think she said it had something to do with the gun violence she was making a stand i was like the song's clearly not it just means like take your best shot at at a relationship with me yeah i think it's a positive i think it's a little bit of an overcorrection for somebody to be like i don't want any shooting references in my songs when it's clearly not about shooting right and you're pretty non-gun friendly i'm i'm not non what does that mean John, Johnny, you're a pacifist, woke jerk. You know, I mean, I'm just saying. No, I just, I didn't grow up around guns, and guns make me uncomfortable. Yeah. But uh, Pat Benatar doesn't make me uncomfortable. Okay. Uh, I don't think Hell is for Children. That's one of her songs. Wow. It's about child abuse. It's a weird title for a song, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's a, that's a dark. I'm, I'm over here theologically like processing. Like, that's not the one that she stopped doing. She's like, you know what? I'm going to keep doing Hell is for Children. <laughs> but I'm yeah. going to... I literally like the ham, the theological hamster in my head just started. Well, just it's just the whole idea that like when you are being abused as a child, it screws your mind up, and yeah. so that's the whole thing. Anyway, I did. I mean, it reminded me though. I used to do these, you know, these hashtags would trend on Twitter, and it would be like um, winter songs. Hashtag winter songs. You know, songs for the winter. And so I, I remember one of the ones I did was like kids sledding, and it was hill is for children, <laughs> and it got three likes. No one cared it's like it's a venn diagram it's the people who remember the pat benatar song uh-huh. who are on twitter who are looking at that hashtag right you know what i'm saying it's a lot it's exactly three people is who it is yeah i'm so much bigger now though surely it oh would. No. you're listen like to, you just got off a plane from a very big event i like to i like to think i'm a bigger deal now but i'm clearly oh. not comedy is very humbling john oh i'm sure it is <laughs> yeah you're like, it would have to be. I've watched look at, you. Look at you. If you're not being humbled, you have a numb skin. There is something about like what I do, and everybody has a little bit of that. You have this with your books. Like when people go, 
I remember you said you did a book one time and they, they wanted a proposal and you said, I got it done in a week, but I held it for like six weeks because you go, I didn't want to turn it in and have them be like, this only took a week. <laughs> right. But here's the thing. What like, are we paying you per hour? Well, there's the old story about the guy who there's a, a nuclear reactor that's freaking out. And they don't know what button to push, and they call the guy who helped build the reactor, and he's you know he's an expert on it. Uh-huh. They bring him in, you know it's been like near core meltdown for a week, and they bring him in, and then he walks in and pushes one button, hits one switch, or whatever, and then they cut him a check for half a million dollars, and they go half a million dollars for hitting one button and pulling one switch. He goes, the half a million dollars is to for me knowing what one to do. You know, yeah. So it's like that's what they say in the arts: is you're not paying me for the minutes, you're paying me for the years. You know, you're paying me for the years. Next time, you're paying me for the years that I have perfected. Well, in in theory, perfected. This sounds like I'm I'm real. This is very self-aggrandizing. I'm sorry about all this. I'm saying an art an artist. Let's say it's a painter, not a comedian. Okay. Because I don't. I think of what I do as a craft, not an art. Okay. Because like arts and crafts. Yeah. (laughs) I think what I do is I take glue and popsicle sticks. No, uh, but you know what I mean? Like if you're a painter, you go to, you know, maybe you went to school or you learned, you, you've perfected it. And then some, you do, you whip up a painting over a weekend for some, and they're like, that's $12,000. And they're like, what? This took you a week. You're like, yeah. it's the years. I like the idea of this. Next time I pitch something. Yeah. Like, look, whatever I hand you in five minutes, it's worth a lot more than you think. That's you know right. what I'm saying? And you're just like, kinda... sir, this is a napkin you've jotted down <laughs> your phone number on. Like, no, but seriously. <laughs> That'll be $10,000. Yeah. Your your computer. I, mean, I don't know what's happening. Before we started, before we started, I told you to shut off your mail program because it dings. <laughs> and I turned the volume down. It's you go no no no. I, don't. I go. It's still coming to your phone. You don't need to be that wired it's in. It's not that. It's not that at all. It's you make me so furious. Often it makes no noise. It, all these Maybe things happen. You know what it is? It's the new frames you're wearing right now. They make they make you look like an idiot. Do and they, I don't like them. You don't like them. They make me not like you. I don't. They I don't think very, I like these. They look very trendy. They look very like, you think? Uh, oh, I'm a, I've got a songwriter deal. It, well, they're clear. No, they're fine. I like them. I don't, lot, I really don't work. I don't think these work for my face. No, no, no. I, I disagree. I'm just, I'm I just think being the a bald, I think the bald head, they're, these. They're flesh colored. Yeah. These, well, these, they're clear frames uh-huh. and they need, they need a color contrast on top of my head. Like okay. if I wore a hat with these, mm. see, I don't have hair. But you have a hat. I do. Okay. I have a couple hats, actually. I think we've solved the problem. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I grabbed these. They were, they were on my bedside table. I lashed out, and I apologize. The listeners, I, John and I do this sometimes. Listen, can we talk through our feelings for a second? <laughs> People love when we do that. We always talk about our feelings. It is interesting that our feelings are kind of right under the surface. It's very easy for us to get into our feelings yeah. compared to most other men that we know. Don't you think? Well, I think that, again, it's one of the reasons. You think it's because we need content and we're just like, well, we better talk about no, our feelings. I think we've always been we've that way. Always, we did that before we ever push record. Yeah. I don't know what that is. I think I think it might drive my wife crazy sometimes. Yeah. Uh, sorry yeah. about that, honey. We're a bit of overthinkers. You know what? You, the, there's a, the, uh, I like to start with the upsides of things. Okay, good. So the upside is I don't have a lot of enemies and almost everyone in my life, they should know where they stand with me. Yeah. Because I don't deal with unexpressed unresolved feelings very well. Yeah. Like that's part of my growth path. Well, normally we go to lunch first. Yeah. And today you got off a plane and we're like, you get on a plane tomorrow. Yeah. Came straight here. Guys, this is how much Johnny loves you. Uh, Yeah. 
And so it's that. You know, I think we get a lot of those things. It's not out. that I, it's definitely not that I need attention. No. <laughs> no, no, no. It's not that he likes to hear himself. Hey, speaking of attention, okay. you know we took some new photos. We did. Johnny and I had a photo shoot together. We did. <laughs> which is, which There's is only lot. so many ways you can take photos as two dudes. Right. There's like buddy cop with your backs to each other, arm folded. And there's like... There's like pointing. Right. Stools across from each other. Uh-huh. We did one where I was like, jump on my back like a piggyback ride. No. We didn't use any of those. Those will never be seen. they looked like... Uh, it was a wedding shoot. Let's just say it. It, it, it did not. It was not. I, I wasn't down for it when. But I, you know what? I'm open minded to the yeah. idea of this. Could I be wanted a funny something shot. that was like, oh, funny. We're being rowdy. I wanted one of me with you in like a headlock. Yeah. <sighs> but you're like the hair. So the head's so greasy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But you, but the overall, the photos were terrific. They were and great. We we're happy with how they turned out. Yeah. Our friend Abby took them. We changed out our new, uh, the logo on the podcast. Well, yeah. That's now. what, that's what I was uh, getting at. Yeah, yeah. If you guys haven't seen, you should see on your device right mm-hmm. now. Uh, yeah. In living logo. color. Yeah. Yeah. I like the colors too. The color uh-huh. blocks, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We actually had to get. Uh, we had to wear makeup. That those aren't color blocks. That right, we no. actually put on blue makeup, we red were makeup, in a green, green, an actual green room, not yeah. the kind that we normally go to. It's like a stained glass version of us in a lot of ways, don't you think? Does it look too liturgical? I. It doesn't look. I don't think you know what liturgical means. Well, I mean, does it look too uh, old church? Like it looks like an old Baptist church, maybe. It doesn't look like. Going. If we were like the old saints, and they're we're being commemorated and memorialized, I would like that idea. Yeah. I mean, except you're not supposed to memorialize yourself as a saint. That seems... That's the thing. Like, we stopped memorializing people. Maybe that's for the best. But, like, you see the old saints in and Bible stories in uh, stained glass windows, and we just stopped doing that. Do you think there's anybody in modern times that could be, like, in stained glass? This lets me know... Without it being weird? Well, actually... So, occasionally on Lectio, they will commemorate... Yeah. Like, they did... Um, who did they do the other day? Have, they call it a feast day. Okay. I don't know if you've... You've been doing like the yeah, some, yeah. I've right? done it with some. our group. Uh-huh. And so like occasionally, it's about once, maybe Every a Every day is a feast day for... Mm. Yeah. Those of us who eat a lot. Yeah. But it's like a day to stop and, and they'll tell someone's story. I think it's great. I think it's it's a part of evangelical culture that we miss out of. We have honor culture sometimes in an almost negative way. Yeah, like a toxic way. Yeah. But the idea of looking back, because we're afraid of words like saints, because... Yeah. Evangelicalism is a is a Reformation right. right movement, so I think that we maybe threw out we threw out baby Jesus with the bathwater on this one, Johnny. You know okay. what I'm saying? Have so. you have you actually done a sermon called that? Throw out baby yeah. Jesus with the bathwater. Yeah, don't throw I out used baby to say Jesus it a lot. with the bathwater. I think it's great, but it doesn't come off as great as I think. I think the people. Yeah, so it just they go. They're trying to evaluate. The, they're, it. They stopped listening. at Throw out baby Jesus. Right. They're like, whoa. And then you go, no, it's a funny colloquialism. Right. We We're all putting know. these two things together. You're overthinking it. Just let the I shock took value. two things that you're okay with, and I made one horrible thing you don't like. Right. <laughs> That's my sermon in a nutshell. <laughs> it's like when uh, there was a Simpsons where I love when there's like imaginary products and Homer goes to the cabinet and he reaches up for a snack and in the can on top of the shelf is nuts and gum. That's the snack he grabs. And, and then the slogan is, together at last. <laughs> so that's what your slogan is. It's nuts and gum. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those, I, I, I think, for the, throwing out baby Jesus notwithstanding yeah. as an expression. Yeah. I do but think, I see what you're saying. Like, we're so, we have pivoted the other way away from honor, a toxic honor culture to the point where we're afraid to honor people who are really like serving God. They're doing good things. Right. 
Yeah. Well, people in our past that we have forgotten about. So, Although we did get into the thing of like, we've talked about this before about, you know, you had Paterno's statue. You've had these war generals. You had some people that get statues. It usually doesn't go well. Well, you, Johnny, you make an image of a person. Yeah. A person has a limitation. Something's going to happen, probably. Like, if you go to Staples Center, there's a gigantic statue of Shaquille O'Neal dunking. And there's one yeah. of, I think there's one of Kobe now. If there's not, there will be. I think there is. I, I'm a huge Laker fan. I can't believe I don't know this. But anyway, like, you have the, the Ring of Honor. And you have these statues around the building. But it's like a sports icon. You kind of know there's a human humanity to that guy. You don't think of it. When you put just like a guy in a suit and he's got a statue, right. it's like it feels different to me. It's like you're saying, this is a good man who we should honor, you know, just for whatever he did. Yeah. And like it's uh, it's kind of destined for failure. That's how I feel. Interesting. I think I think that's that's worth uh, some some uh, continuing conversation. But, oh, uh, first, Johnny, let's take a moment and hear <laughs> a word from a few of our sponsors. Hello, folks. My name is Derek Greer, and I'm reaching out to fellow pastors and church leaders just like you to join me and other Christian leaders and organizations throughout the nation as we come together on June 8th and 9th for National Unity Weekend. Together, we will show the love of Jesus as we serve our communities on Saturday, June 8th, and then preach from a shared text on Sunday, June 9th. To register, go to unityweekend.com. That's unityweekend.com to join us as we unite the church and unite the nation. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. Yeah, like I went straight to commercial break from destined for failure. <laughs> it's like good grief, that's heavy. Like in my, I apologize. I've been on planes. No, I don't know what I'm doing. You're great. You're great. In okay. the daily office, uh, we didn't know I was going to have to segue right there. In our in the daily office today, like they have daily is called the commemoration. Yeah. And so like today, and I don't always read these. Hmm. To your point though, but today was a guy named Thomas Traherne. 1636 or 1637 in England, died 1674. And he was an English poet and religious writer, and his style is often considered metaphysical. They mm-hmm. actually said this came from uh, Wikipedia today. They, they, their source was Wikipedia, which I thought was interesting. That, that's rare. Mm-hmm. But they just go through, like, in his lifetime, he published one thing. Yeah. And people, they found manuscripts and other things after the fact, and they've kind of added him now, not just as a poet, but as a theologian, because of the depth of things that he's written and new manuscripts they keep finding in libraries and stuff. Mm. And I thought it was just a really interesting, it's a, it's a day, and what I like about it is, is after you do this, because what's the point of this? Is it just to elevate a person? And I think that's where the evangelical mind goes like, no, 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 you know, and I, and I agree, I don't want to elevate, you know, humans to right. a place because like to your point about the statues I mean they, they can't stand and the gospel is built upon the idea that no human can stand except Jesus who became human and it stood for us right so that's the idea but there's always a prayer at the end and like this one says creator of wonder and majesty you inspired your poet Thomas Traherne with mystical insight to see your glory in the natural world and the faces of men and women around us help us to know you and your creation and in our neighbors and to understand our obligations to both 
that we may ever grow into the people you have created us to be through our Savior, Jesus Christ, who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns, one God in everlasting light. Amen. Like, I like that because what it says is I take, and, and even Paul said, pay attention to Mm-hmm. Those who set this example, and he would say, "Imitate me as I imitate Christ." Right, right. So there's like a, there is an elevation of you know find one another. He even says, "Outdo one another in showing honor." That's one translation. So yeah, there was a there was a book written about Rich Mullins, and it was called "An Arrow Pointing Toward Heaven." Yeah, and it comes from a story of something about when they were in some desert somewhere, and I can't remember if Rich was standing away from the truck and the other guy said you look like this arrow in the shadow you look like an arrow pointing towards heaven and rich liked the idea of that so much you know just as a a metaphor for life and so that's what his biography was called after his death this guy wrote this book and it was called arrow point and i think that's kind of that should be the idea you know well i think about uh, this is gonna be morbid you know so one of my one of our best friends in the world is andrew wharton right Mm -hmm. he's the my, my boss, our lead pastor, we've been to ministry together for almost 20 years now. And I always, it's just a sexist way of thinking. Like, I always think ahead because <laughs> I've done so many funerals and things. Yeah. And I, for some reason, Andrew came through my head the other day because I always, I like to honor people and I like to think of what they would want. And he was one of those people in my life. I had this thought that if I got up and just gushed about him, mm-hmm. he would hate it Yeah. so much. I mean, everyone, you don't want someone to not say nice things about you. Right. But at this point in his life, what he would really want is someone to hear about what Jesus did for him, especially, you know, in these, in this, although you know, we believe in thirds here, I think we may even move to fourths as you get older, but as he's in just that second, that, that maybe the last half of his second third of life. There you go, Andrew, because wow. you listen. That's yeah. half of the second. But, you know, like at this stage. It feels like you're trying really hard not to say Andrew's old. <laughs> <laughs> if only I had an interpreter. Wait, I do. Uh, and so, like this, this like idea of I, I love that that yeah. that there are men and women in my life who I know that hey, what the story that they would want told, mm-hmm. and it, it would have sounded so pseudo spiritual to me before. Yeah, you know, because deep down inside we all want, and we do. But when you find someone, I think like Rich Mullins too, who legitimately they're at the place where no, my literally elevating me would not be worth your time. Like, not that that's what you're supposed to say Mm -hmm. or supposed to think, or not that they have disciplined themselves to think that, but that that other thing has actually died. Yeah. (laughs) Like already, I don't, I don't, there is no need for my reputation. This would be foolish for you. Uh, I just, that, that's something I would love to be true of me in life. Like I want it to not just be, I've disciplined myself into humility. Like I would like to actually be humble and not, you know, have to be trying to just get there all the time. So, Johnny, I'm not there. I'm pretty prideful. So, yeah, let's go over it. Let's talk about it. <laughs> so, you like the new logo, though? Yeah, I like it a lot. We're on the way, man. We're downloads are up, uploads are down. Wait, <laughs> that's not. That should be. <laughs> if you that's guys a, are uploading things, so yeah, I don't we're upload. In trouble. <laughs> yeah, I don't upload things. Please, I don't know how you would, but we don't know. Be we don't have room to host all that. We do get comments on our, which you can go to our website, talkaboutthatpodcast.com, and you can leave a comment on episodes and send us an email and stuff. And people comment on the individual episodes, and a lot of those are in Russian. Yeah, we get there. Well, bo- they're bots. Those are site. So those are like our WordPress site comments. Yeah. Those aren't the ones. I just get a lot of like, please moderate. And I go on and it is yeah. words I can't understand. They never get approved. 
Because you're not know. supposed to leave comments about I'm our not, site. Maybe we have a big Russian following? I don't want to. I don't, assume, I don't want to assume that it's a bot just because it's Russian <laughs> language. But I just don't know that we could be. We could go look. I can see what see what it translates to. No, I can go see where our downloads come from, what continents and countries and stuff. Yeah, what it's like. Ask John about the Enneagram. What he thinks about it. It's like in all in Russian, but we don't. Yeah, we just the like, whole time. These bots are everywhere, and they're like literally asking. I can't get my comment read. What's going on? I would like to apologize to our Russian viewers, yeah. listeners, and viewers. We have YouTube. Yeah. What if they're trying to get through to us? Use a Google Translate and send it. Yeah, let's figure it out. Yeah. Come on, Russians. Uh, we, uh, I don't know. I don't want to assume the worst just because it's, that's, that's, I feel like that would be, that's, uh, what is that? That's uh, jingoism. It's, uh, you know, xenophobia. It's a trope. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. But you know what I. We've not, already we talked about last week. Get off my plane. So I don't want to say get off our plane. You know what? The, my heart does go out to the Russian people right now. Yeah, I mean, I'm telling you something. Yeah, all the stuff happening in Ukraine, and I think it's good for Americans to remember that it, Putin is not Russian people. Yeah, of course. You not. know what I'm saying? And there's well, it just kind of shows you too, like what happens if you get a leader that's that's unhinged like that, yeah. and he just is going to use you as cannon fodder. Well, and there's so many elements because among of his own ego, the Russian military and people who are. Trying yeah. to find ways to resist, or you know, right. and, and it's it's a brutal situation. Yeah, there. it really um, is. Yikes! Um, I mean, wow. even as Ukraine strikes back into Russia now, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, there's civilians there, and it's it's there's nothing good. Uh, I think I dude, there's okay. There is a documentary. Okay, I think it's it might be masterpiece, but it's on Prime Video. Yeah, I think it's in our documentary subscription, but it's called My Grandparents' War. Mm-hmm. And it's like four big British actors, yeah. and it, they're they're tracing now their actual grandparents' activity in the war. Okay, it, it, you, generally in Britain, obviously, and it is just like the the, and I don't remember her name. You you would know. Uh, she was the female, the female in the English Patient, I think. The, Helena Bonham Carter. Y- yes, I don't know. I think I'm just guessing. I think Carter. Was there Hel- a- Helena Bonham Carter. Mm, Wasn't her? There's no way to know. Uh, Juliette Binoche. I'm just no, throwing out. I'm just throwing not, out names. Hold on. Hold on. Everybody, Helen Mirren. This is going Dame, to be. Uh, okay. Uh, my grandparents wore TV series. It's actually PBS. John's just going to type away here. Yeah. Sorry, guys. This is worth it. This is worth it because I think you want to. You want to. Here's the Wikipedia. Do people follow our recommendations. So Helena that? Bonham Carter was episode one. See, uh, last night was just grasping at I've never even seen the English Patient. That's just in my. I don't think she's from English Patient though. She uh, was. Well, no, you said English Patient. Yeah, but you said the wrong. You're saying I, name. That, that guess was right. It happened to be the was, right sh- person on the show, but the wrong. Yeah, wow. I don't know how you did it. Mm-hmm. But no, she. I think she was uh, in the Crown. I think she. Uh, okay. Played Princess Margaret, maybe in The Crown. All right, uh, but no, this is Kristen Scott Thomas. Okay, so a three namer. Yeah, still, but yeah, different three namer. Anyway, her grandfather was um, a captain of a naval destroyer. Okay, and he was just this kindest man, and, and you know she has all these memories, and so they're learning, and these historians and stuff come around, and they visit these sites, and they even visit soldiers in their nineties yeah. or even hundreds who were. Or sailors or soldiers who were with them. And like he was on, this is what Russia made me think of this. Mm-hmm. It was called the um, mm, Russian Arctic something fleet. And so their their job was to get 
because Russia was our ally, to get supplies. Uh-huh. And so they would they would go up in the Baltic Sea, and it was like at one point they they read that the spray was coming up, and it was so cold, and and they the ships were open. Yeah, on top, on, on part of these, and the captain was encased in two inches of ice. And they had they had to like lower him down, yeah, and like chip the ice off of him. And he lived, yes. But they spent months. He made eight of these voyages, no. and there's submarines everywhere, aircraft, Nazi submarines and Nazi aircraft everywhere because they're trying to stop you. And like, if you're an oil tanker, yeah, his job was the destroy was to guard the oil tanker because they said they didn't even put life jackets or lifeboats on the oil tanker ships because what's the point, right? Like it, you're you're dead if like, you get hit. If you yeah. get hit, it's over. Like yeah. they, they literally didn't put life jackets on there, and so just hearing these stories is just a fascinating like that that history and understanding now that Russia was our friend at that moment. You and, watch a lot smarter stuff than I do. I saw Equalizer three. <laughs> is that the Denzel? Do you watch those? I've not watched. You never seen any of those? No. So he's like this. Yeah. You know, I used to watch the old Equalizer with my dad. No, oh, that's that's a different I think. It's he's a, different, a British old British white guy. No, this is Denzel. And then there's a show Equalizer with. So he well, that's based Queen on the Latifah, show. Right? Yeah, that's based on the movies. Yeah, yeah. This is this is all based on. The movies. I don't think so. Anyway, he has a so he's like one of those guys that's like, you're already dead. You're already dead. You're already dead. And then he'll set his watch, and then like in nine seconds, he he knows exactly what movies he's CIA trained. Yeah, John Wick character. Yeah. This is part three, though, and he's in this village in Italy to do some, you know, he's going to take out these ne'er-do-wells. And he stumbles onto this mob that that's running the town in this little seaport village in Italy, okay? Mm. And then he decides to stay because he can't really get out right away because, you know, it's too hot. He's just killed this leader of a terrorist cell or something. And... uh so he decides to just stay. I like, and like lingo, by the way. It was just, too hot. He was just staying and have like some tea in the market. And then like he notices all this mob is running the whole town. And he starts encouraging people, well, why not stand up for yourself? And then slowly he takes out this entire mob ran village and has the people stand up. For, I was like, this is good. And also it's kind of like John Wick meets Three Amigos. I was about to say, this is the, this is the Santa, plot of Three Amigos. It's Santa Poco. He... <laughs> Took out El Guapo. I was like, "This? How is somebody not seeing that this for is some like people, a very serious illiteracy is El Guapo? Yeah, yeah. For others, yeah, yeah, an, an Italian mobster is our El Guapo. In her case, our El Guapo is the actual El Guapo, a big angry Mexican guy that wants to kill us. Yeah. Anyway, uh, if you haven't seen Three Amigos, guys, what a classic! Sorry, oh, you go. can't miss it. It's very good. Uh, equalizer, the whole thing, and it, but it's just it was a fun. It was like I couldn't. I chuckled a few times because I was like, "This is Three Amigos." He didn't have him so, did he? So, well, so sisters, so like the wind. There is a there is a moment where they have the guy, they have Denzel's character dead to rights in the city square, and the guy's got a gun pointed at him, and then somebody else points a gun at him to stop him. And they're just, and I was like, "Why would they defend? This? They don't know Denzel's character." It was just a lot of cultural, like this would never happen. But they're all suddenly like realizing like we've got to stand up for ourselves. So that was like their moment where they all stitched their amigos outfits yeah. and realized their value in the You just gave the whole movie away. Yeah. And I know I'm not gonna watch it. Well you gotta see one and two or you'd be totally lost. No, you don't. It doesn't yeah, I was gonna say those probably stand pretty independent. Yeah, they stand independent. I watched Man on Fire. Yeah. Uh which it's dark. It's, yeah, it's very dark and violent. This is these are dark and violent too. Yeah. They're very like cartoonic, just crazy. I don't know what it is about that, like, too, where 
I bet there's like a parent of a 13-year-old, you know, Christian family, and they're like, what are you going to go see? Equalizer? Okay. There's no nudity, though, right? Like, these right. movies where they just, 200 people just get killed. Right. You know, randomly. Just blowing people up. Yeah. And, yeah. and I don't know what that, I don't know, I'm just, it's interesting the things that we are okay with. No, I've life. had I'm Christian, just, even pastors, tell me that before, like, yeah, we don't do, we don't do certain curse words in movies, yeah. and we don't do nudity or sex, you know. You know, I'll be like, well, what about violence? Oh, we're great with violence. Yeah, we're great and they'll violence. laugh about it. Like, no, violence is fine. Yeah. <laughs> we're like, well. Well, I used to think about that with like, uh, I couldn't watch the Smurfs because it had magic in it. Right. And Gargamel was a Turmoil sorcerer. Turmoil in the Toy Box was the name of that book. But I had, oh, wow. Yeah. But I could watch Looney Tunes where anvils get dropped on people. Right. You know, people There's fall off cliffs no to their there. certain death. Yeah. And sure, a roadrunner could outrun that and a coyote could push an anvil off a cliff you think he could do that without magic that, i don't think so that acme company makes faulty pro- i mean i'm saying there's yeah. a class action suit somewhere yeah those products aren't good no i mean the, yeah somebody needs to do something even if you wanted them to destroy the roadrunner yeah or the coyote they never did like he just blow up and he was fine mm-hmm. that's yeah yeah i went to a uh i guess you'd call it a cowboy church if you, you know there's churches that are like cowboy churches there's biker churches and there's kind of churches that are very country and they're built that way on to the, draw a certain kind of person on the way to city school we passed a church called the barn church right so this yeah. church was called church in the country and it was in jasper texas i was there uh saturday and did a volunteer appreciation dinner for you know uh some of their volunteer staff and it was really really great and it's very you know rough hewn inside and wood and and they had deer head and elk head all over the walls and then a sign hanging from antlers that said, we're so glad you're here. Okay. okay. I was like, why didn't, I said, why would this sign not say we, we hold our members so dear? Why would you not take advantage? You're going to hang a sign from antlers and you can't make a deer pun. Yeah. You're blowing this. Yeah. Uh, they didn't laugh. This and I should have left then. No, they, they did. They laughed. <laughs> <laughs> I heard guns cocking. When I said it, I knew. No, they were very sweet. But uh, I, I think it's interesting like that, you know, we, so as much as we talk about denominationalism and kind of the inherent, you know, problems with it, the idea that we're going to have a thousand, thousands of different denominations, we're going to be all this hair splitting that we do. I do think it's interesting and I'm okay with like certain areas of the country where they go. Well, the people that we're trying to reach are a certain kind of person, and we're going to make our church try to reach these people. Yeah, I think that's kind of cool. Like it I've is. done shows in biker churches, and the, you know, it's an interesting. Those are fun, so fun. The I was contemplating are, that this today actually because my wife and I she saw a video last night. Of, I'm not going to say who it was. It was a uh, a pastor that I know somewhat, mm-hmm. and <clears throat> a pretty big church now. Um, it's not Mike Burnett, by the way. Cause <laughs> I just described a friend that we've had on the podcast before, but oh. no, it's, you're not, you're not going to guess it, Johnny. You're not okay. going to guess it. Oh, I won't try. So, but like he had shaved the sides of his head and he's probably a little older than me, maybe about the same age. He'd shaved like the just for fun into like this really, what I would consider to be horrendous mullet on top of his head. Oh, how do you shave your hair into a mullet? Yeah. Yeah. It was like shaved on the sides and then down the back. The... And it was like, and, and my wife was like, what, what did you do to your head? Yeah. You know, like. I suppose no, people do it. It's the Patrick Mahomes. People want the Mahomes. It's the Mahomes, but yeah. it had it just. I don't know. But he could not throw a football <laughs> seventy yards. Well, I don't think so. And I just, I don't know. I was like, I don't think I could if I had hair. 
I don't know. Sounds like you're jealous of this person's confidence. <laughs> I'm really not. You're like, why are you taking these big risks when I'm terrified of my own shadow? It's not even that. It's that I- I'm contemplating seeker-sensitive stuff. Oh, I'll see. I'm I see. contemplating like, like, and maybe the guy just likes that haircut. Okay. And that's okay with me. Yeah. I think it. I don't like those haircuts. I'm just. I'm just not. Yeah. I'm that guy. I'm just not going to be that guy, probably. Man, you're just an old grizzled curmudgeon. I know. I, know. I see the boys at the football game. We'll go to Friday night football games in high yeah. school, and they're just the mullets and stuff. I'm just like, guys, I can't ever get. On, I cannot get on board for this. They're doing it to make you mad. That's the you point. Think so that's the point. Would they do that to impress each other? Yeah, but I'm saying like the idea that old people look at them and go, Ugh, "That's part of the thrill." But I don't. I'm not against them. I yeah. just don't like the haircut. Yeah. Now, I'm actually really for them, and they would enjoy. If they would allow me, Johnny. You want to give them all crew cuts? I don't understand what you no. want to do to these people. You, you could have that haircut. I won't think any different of you as a person. Yeah. I'm just not, <laughs> I'm not down for the, for the cut, Johnny. Not okay. down for that, you know. Man. Guys, I'm sorry. If you have a mullet. Out I'm, there with your rock and roll music. And you're playing it loud and drought around. You're loud. Doing donuts in the parking lot. Uh, I would Man. love to eat some donuts in the parking lot. <laughs> That's what I do when I do donuts in the parking lot. Okay. So I, after the cowboy church. Which was so fun. I did a show in Slidell, Louisiana, which is north of New Orleans. So we got to have real beignets at Cafe du Mont. Ooh, I've had them in there. And let me tell you something. That is like, that's a hug from the Lord. It is. Yeah. We just found out, Sadie has a tournament in New Orleans. Yeah, you got to go. We're going to take an extra Cafe day. Cafe Oh, you got it. Just oh. pastries and the in the crawfish and the seafood. And, and the... probably one of my favorite restaurants of all time. Yeah. Is there. What is it? Court of the Two Sisters. Oh, okay. I mean, it's been there since, I think, early 1800s. Oh, wow. Like, yeah. And there's a jazz, there's like a Sunday jazz brunch. We didn't go down to the French Quarter because we just, it was late at night and they were like, don't go there past this time. It's just not, you're, you're going to, you know, you have a rental car, don't do this. I go, okay. So we went to like Copeland's, which is a New Orleans chain. You but went it's to a very, chain restaurant. No, no, no. In but it's they're the only there now. They used to be. They used to be. They used to be one in Knoxville. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now they're just they really. And close we love Copeland. Yeah, actually. it's very good. And so, and it was open late because my show had ended. But, but the point I was getting at was, it was Copeland's I was in, late. Sorry, Copeland's but, late. So I leave. So we, I leave the show. Not leave the show, but I leave the stage. I come out and I'm greeting people, and there are people who've driven from a long time, a long ways away, which is really fun. Now people are coming to my show from far away, and this lady, I drove from Hattiesburg, Mississippi, to be here, and I was like, oh man, I thought, how far away? She goes, it's 45 minutes. I go, oh, that's not that big of a deal, uh, but it was sweet, and she was the sweetest lady. And I said, okay. And I always say, like when I'm when somebody's leaving, I always go, all right, well, be safe going home, swerve safely. I would say swerve safely, and then she leaves, and then I, we're leaving to go try to get to Copeland's before they close. And I see somebody pulled over in the parking oh, lot. No. They're pulled over, and I'm like, good. And then even the pastor texts me. He goes, is that you pulled over already for speeding in our parking lot? You know, you, you didn't even get out and get to your restaurant? I go, that wasn't me. And then I get a comment on my the poster from the night where I had posted before the show. Somebody had commented, it was so great meeting you. I got into an accident leaving your show. And it was that lady. from. So she was like leaving the parking lot to get back to Hattiesburg. And I don't know if it was just her by herself or if it was her husband driving, but they got into a fender bender in a parking lot, which I don't know. You know, you know from me, because I used to get into some wrecks in parking mm. lots. I've been in several. Yeah. I used to be a little bit of a more of a reckless driver. I was always in a hurry and I was always late. Now I'm way more chill, but... I've been in several wrecks in parking lots. I've been hit by somebody in a parking lot, and I've hit someone in a parking lot. I hit a police car in a parking lot one time. 
And it saved me because it's a private matter. Like literally like it's like a neutral site football right. game. You can't declare fault in a parking lot. Yeah. You just settle it. It's just like it's a weird it's the weirdest thing and so that's it's just where, Hatfield McCoy out there. Yeah, so that's what this lady was up against. She was like, My car was dinged up even worse than this other person's and I just kinda shimmied home. And then she I messaged her, I said, Let me let me know if you need a ride. I, like, I felt bad. Wow. You know. And it, these shows are so full now, John. It's a traffic jam. Get out of my shows. You know what I'm saying? People are anxious to get home. No. No, I, I, I don't know what happened, but I feel bad for... Anyway, Kathy, if you're listening, uh, I hope you made it. I hope, hope you got a good estimate on the car. And You spoke that into existence. I said swerve safely, and she Ugh. did, but she didn't swerve safely. She should have... See... She didn't heed my warning. So it happened to me. Okay, same trip. I'm in Houston. No. Yeah, Houston. So we land to go to Jasper. And uh, we're going to drive up to Jasper. And I've got these crazy bags, okay? I buy crazy suitcases. I have a lemon yellow suitcase and one that's like two-tone blue that's so funky, it looks like it's tie-dyed, okay? They're hideous. And the reason I do it is so nobody grabs my bag. Yeah. You know, because you get these all-black bags that come across. Somebody grabs your bag, and before you know it, they're off to their place. They're doing comedy with your merch. Exactly. So my bags come off right away. I'm like, boom, we're on our way. I said, I can't believe it. We get in the rental car and I'm putting the things in the rental car and we have four bags. So a bunch of merch in my brother's mind and we're with me in his clothing bags too. So we have four, boom, one, two, three. And I noticed one of the bags has late arrival tag on it. I'm like, we're not late. Mm. Why would we checked in an hour and a half early? Mm. I have grabbed a lemon yellow bag. No, that is not my bag. You did it. I did it. And they, but to your point, they had made the announcement like they always do. Make sure you check the bags. I'm uh. like, what kind of loser doesn't check the? And I grab this bag, and I have to come back to the airport in the rental car and like wait. Yeah, and hope through, you got to go through. Yeah, and you hope they can reach that person, and that person's grabbed my bag, right? And they're thinking like, I've got the lemon bag, and nobody's gonna. And they call me, go. They go, you have, they go, hey, is this so-and-so? And the person goes, yeah. They go, you, we think you have the wrong bag. You need to come back. And they go, no, I got my bag. And then they look down and they go, I've got your bag. So they come back. It was like another 45 minutes delay because wow. I was an idiot. But it's interesting that they couldn't be mad because they did the, they same, did the thing. same thing. Like, luckily, they hadn't, like, left my bag there. Guys, so come on, man. Want this, that, want this that right here. We're, we've all... Fallen into, we've all grabbed the wrong suitcase. It's like pulling up to a four-way stop. Someone doesn't signal, and mm-hmm. you're like, "Oh my gosh, use your blinker!" Yeah. And you turn and realize that you didn't use your blinker while you're yelling at the other person. So you need to get the suitcase out of your own <laughs> eye before, and then you'll see clearly <laughs> to to get the blinker out of your neighbors. If, you, if you've never had a suitcase caught in your eye, let me tell you, it is one of the more painful things you well, can. It's experience. worse than a log. It is. Yeah, it's, it is. it's what killed Dad. Honestly, <laughs> he. You gotta these suitcases to the eye; they'll hurt you. Oh, won't they though? Anyway, just be just please check the bag tags out there, guys. This is is a public service. Even if you've got a crazy bag and you think there's no way, guys, we're begging you. When they rolled back in, the lady, the lady goes, the lady, the suit, uh, the uh, baggage. She goes, now is the other bag? What does it look like? I go, it looks (laughs) exactly. She goes, so it's yellow. I go, when I tell you, when it rolls in, you'll see. And sure enough, it, it's a Rockport bag. It's the exact brand. Oh my gosh! It was, and he walk, he rolls in, and he's just like, and we kind of nod and just slowly exchange. Yeah. And she had to sign off on it. You know, we couldn't just like make the because I couldn't just like meet up with him with right. his bag. That's illegal. You once you know you've got the wrong bag, 
the authorities have to come into play now. It's, a, it's an international incident. Yeah, you can't. You can't just be like, "Look, I've got his bag. I'm going to call him." I don't know. Give yeah, me his you number. have his number on your bag. No, his no, bag. no. I just had his name. Oh. So they were able to like look it up in the system. But luckily, he answered his phone. Because if you get a random number, sometimes you don't answer the phone. Uh, mostly, I don't answer the phone. John, Johnny, I don't answer the phone. When I see whose number it is. You don't even know whose bag you have. Johnny, there's no telling. You. <sighs> anyway, just pay attention out there. John, it's time uh, <laughs> that we get into the, the, as we close the show, with our favorite segment. It's where we go back in history. We've already been back in history a bit and talked about World War II. But let's go, or World War I. Let's go all the way back. Goes to. Uh, and uh, let's, talk, let's talk about then. This day, this week in history, John, uh, the Warrant Commission, Warren Commission, not Warrant. I always want to call it Warrant Commission. The Warren Commission report uh, was made public. Uh, and I know we have our friend, uh, mm-hmm. Allie Holland, who does her Kennedy Dynasty podcast. She knows all about her this. Her ears perked up. They perked up when I said when I said warrant. She was like, commission. There were warrants issued, maybe? No. <laughs> it concluded, famously, that Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone in the assassination of U.S. President John F. Kennedy. It also concluded that Jack Ruby also acted alone conveniently when he killed Oswald two days later. So some people dispute the Warren Commission, but it's, you know, yeah. a, I don't know how long it went on, the Warren Commission, how long it took them to come to these conclusions. But some people, you know, conspiracy theorists, this is one of the main conspiracy, you know, hotbeds in our culture still well, to this day. Well, I mean, and I'll say this. It, it had a lot of weird stuff. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, it's. It's a traumatic, huge traumatic right. wound in the country. So it's going to lead to like, how could this have happened? Were there like for it to happen? Were there fail safes that weren't in place on right. purpose? Were there were there holes that were you know? So I get it. But uh, anyway, so that was uh, the Warren Commission was made public, and uh, yeah. Hmm. What do you believe? Let's oh, get wow, into here it. we go. Yeah, let's get into it. You, um, you trust this Warren Commission, John? N- no. Oh, okay. Well, I think there's a lot of classified information that they still refuse to, that they're supposed to release, you know, 50 years after the, right. the fact and all those things. And they keep pushing some of it back. Yeah. And that makes me, that's not conspiracy you're like, what are they trying to? Like if you, there must be something there that uh-huh. you don't want us to know. Interesting. Um, I wonder what Allie believes. Do you know? Have you talked to her about it? Yeah, I think. she a lone gunman person? Um, Yes. I think she is. But wonders if, like, Oswald was on the take from some other... I just think that... Huh. Yeah. I just think that there's... I don't know. I don't know. Are you afraid to say? Johnny, John, I can't, I can't say here. Uh, this these, is classified. These glasses have changed you. Yeah. Uh, the Tonight Show, the first network... And by the way, Allie, if you're not a lone gunman and I've messed up on that and you're like... She's not a lone gunman. She <laughs> might be a lone gunman theorist. <laughs> you know what I mean? Allie, if I messed up your theory... Man... Like, forgive me. We don't know where she is. I've listened to your podcast. We need to have her back. We need to have her on and just talk about that. But she's going to be like, you listen. But she doesn't get into the Oh, she doesn't want to get. She, yeah, interesting. She spends more time in the culture. Right, the Camelot. The, the background, yeah. you know, all those things. So right. she does talk about it, but she doesn't. She doesn't get into conspiracy theories. That's huh. one thing she doesn't she do. She really, and, she has, she weaves it very nicely. And we, she we stays pretty that. apolitical. And, yeah. Okay, John, The Tonight yeah. Show, uh, which was the first network late night talk show, uh, debuted on NBC this week, 1954. With host Steve Allen, it would eventually become known as The Tonight Show, uh, and it was called Tonight back then, so it was later called The Tonight Show. Uh, the show originated such talk show staples as an opening monologue, which, you know, everybody does. It's kind of like the 
the format now. Celebrity interviews, audience participation, and comedy bits in which cameras were taken outside the studio, like a man on the street kind of a thing, as well as music. Uh, the announcer of the show was Gene Rayburn, who would eventually become a top game show MC in the match game and some other shows. And the band leader was Skitch Henderson, which if your name is Skitch Henderson and you're not a band leader, wow. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You're either, Skitch Henderson's either a band leader or he's like the quarterback for Wichita State. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's how or he's the guy in prison that knows how to get things for you. Yeah. Skitch. Yeah, go ask Skitch. He'll get you the... Whatever. Yeah. He can get you a toothbrush in the sh- shape of a shiv. Whatever. I don't know. He can fashion something, get you out of here. Uh, over the years, do you know? Wanna, do you want to go through the host? Do you remember the host of the Tonight Show? Like, who do you know hosted the Tonight Show? Oh dear! How far? Because I have, you know, I'm the trivia brain, so I remember most of these. Go ahead, you do it. So you had Steve Allen, Jack Parr, uh huh, and then you had Johnny Carson, yeah, Jay Leno, Conan O'Brien for a short time, Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, Johnny Carson's is is about as far back as my brain goes. You don't remember Jack Parr that. Carson took over from Jack Park. Yeah. Johnny Carson took over in 62, so it was before we were born, but I've just seen the old right. clips, and I know a little well, bit about the history of the show. No, it's fine. You do stuff. Uh, the first Santa Claus training school uh, opened in New York, Albion, New York, the Charles W. Howard Santa Claus School, 1937. It was created by Charles Howard, who was, in a depart- who was a department store Santa, and he was dismayed at the poor quality of other department store Santas. Wow. So he was like, something's got to be done. These other Santas are hacks, uh, frankly. The school would later offer a Bachelor of Santa Claus degree. Wow. Uh, a, a BSC. And uh, which is more than I have. <laughs> uh, I don't even have that. I didn't even. And it's the oldest continually operated Santa Claus school in the world. I, bet. Uh, I think it's still in operation. Is that what they're saying? Howard was the featured Santa Claus in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade from 48 to 65. Wow, that's a long time. Yeah, so this guy was... You're almost the real Santa. His credential, yeah. yeah. His, his credentials were there. Uh, yeah. This, department store, this photo of a department store Santa staring at children is the creepiest Santa Claus photo I've ever seen. Oh. His eyes are almost red. So he's got a lot to learn. If this is him... Wow. They kept him around. Yeah. It was just a bad picture. And some kid, do you have? Do you ever? Was Sadie ever afraid of things like Santa Claus or the Easter Bunny or anything? Like when you would take her to like see the the mascot or like um, like now you see it with Bucky's. Like Bucky's run, Bucky runs around inside Bucky's yeah. in the suit. Some kids are like Bucky, and then some kids are like, no, get that creepy rodent yeah. away from me. I'm trying to think if she cried one time in an Easter Bunny at the park. Yeah. Um, but she was okay with Santa. Usually, we take her to the mall. Yeah. For a Santa picture, you have to sit there and be like, "Now listen, you're going to see a man. You're going to, he's going to, he's going to, yeah. You, but it's okay because presence. Try to smile. Get through this. Yeah. Right. John, the first 3D movie, uh, The Power of Love, is what it was called. It premiered this week. Do you want to guess the year? I don't know why I want to get this so right. Yeah, I know. Shouldn't matter. You should. 1982. Should. 22. No. 1922. The viewer. Wore special glasses with one red and one green lens. I want to say 82. They had 3D in the 50s. You're right. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, I'm it right. also allowed the viewer to choose either a happy or tragic ending, depending on which lens of the glasses they looked through. And I don't know how they did that. What? I like the idea of different endings in movies. Do you remember the last major release to do this as far as like choosing an ending? Not choosing an ending, but re- literally releasing different endings to no. a movie. It was the movie Clue in the 80s. Okay. So, if you remember the movie Clue with you know Tim Curry, and it was an all-star cast, based on the board game. 
So I didn't know this until I was probably in my 20s. But when they released that movie, there were four different versions of the ending of it as far as like who killed wow. Mr. Body, which the body was the, the, the dinner party and Mr. Body's the guy who gets killed. And it's like, who did it? it was a Professor Plum with the pipe in the library? Right. So depending on which version you saw at your theater in your local city, you would walk away thinking like, I know who did it. But somebody in you know Tulsa, Oklahoma, they saw a different killer. Wow. And then if it, once they released on VHS and then later DVD, they had all four endings. Wow. But if you went and just saw it in the theater, you saw a specific ending, which I think is so great. I wish more movies did that. Interesting. I like it because then it makes you go back. If you and I guess word got out and people were like, "We got to go see it again. Let's uh, go across town." Maybe. That's the brilliant. You see a different. It. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's cool. Uh, John Dan Quayle this week, nineteen ninety. Whenever Dan Quayle's on this list, uh-huh. it's almost always because of some, you know, gaffe, which we have now from daily from our politicians. I, I read a Dan Quayle quote this morning, by the way. That came. This may be the same one because it? it says he states in a speech. Oh, hold on, let me say it. What is it? He said, he said, I got this. I got this. I love California. Oh, I, no, pra- I practically grew up in Phoenix. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> the one no, I read this no. This one was, and the thing about Dan Quill, he was young. Like, we're worried now about these politicians being older, right. and they're kind of sundowning, and we're worried about their mental capacity. Should uh-huh. we be electing? Should there be limited? Dan Quill was like in his 40s when he was saying right. these things. There was really no excuse <laughs> for this kind of activity. This is uh, from September 27th, 1990. He states, we are ready for any unforeseen event that may or may not occur. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Michael Scott. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? It's like how my how the turntables. Okay. <laughs> uh, finally, John Harry Blackstone, American magician, was born this week, 1885. Lived to 1965. He was famous for his Hindu rope trick and woman in the cabinet illusions. Now, John, mm-hmm. people have strong opinions about certain kinds of performers. Like some people don't like mimes. Some people don't like a magic act. They go, here we go. It's a magic act tonight. Do you, have you ever been, have you ever seen a magic act that you were like, that was unbelievable? Yeah. Yeah. Like I like, yeah. If it's done well, especially if there's good patter between the tricks and the person's very confident, I'm just totally, I love it. And I love being amazed. I do not want to know how they do it. No. I'm not one of those people who's like, it's a mirror. I don't want to do that. Right. Stop it. Like, if it's a mirror, I'm amazed at how you used it. Yes. You still had to, sh- you know, hold the thing, the right. ball in your hand, and you made it look like the ball just appeared. Anything simple like that, even yeah. sleight of hand, is really cool to me. Yeah. I'll, I mean, maybe he is cutting a woman in half. We don't. We, we can't you know. We can't know. There's we no can't way. know. <laughs> if he is, though, that's that's murder. Well, but she's still alive. That's true. It, John, if you cut someone in half and they survive, it's not murder. No, it's it's something. Won't that? Come on. Now. You've made two women now. <laughs> That's how you... Anyway, uh, happy birthday, uh, Harry Blackstone. Yeah. I like... But listen, I like a good match. There's something about... And here's the thing, too. Uh, Nate Bergazzi's dad, Stephen, he's one of those guys that's like a comedy magic. So the tricks don't work, but then they do work. And ama- you know, he kind of tricks you into thinking the trick is failing. Right. So it's a fun thing. You're rooting for him. Yeah. You know, like he pretends that he can't get out of the straight jacket, you know, and then he has an audience member come up and help him. And it's so awkward, you know, reach between my leg and grab that strap. Careful. You know, it's all of that awkwardness that you do with an interaction. It's so fun. And like, I just think when that's done well, it's there's nothing like it. Yeah, I, that's maybe that's the vaudeville. 
I long for that old days of like where you had like a magic act and a a bird guy, and then a guy would come out with a snake, and then somebody's going to juggle, and then somebody's going to do comedy for fifteen minutes. Right. I just think that that's that's cool. Then somebody's going to catch a bullet in their teeth. Ugh. And you're like, that wasn't part of the show. Right. That just that's just that a, was, somebody got in and shot a man, and a man caught it with his teeth. Yeah. <sighs> I don't know. That's fake. Because that's way. our show. If you ever see that? <laughs> that's not real. No. I don't uh, think. Don't try that. No. Kids. No kids. If you check, have kids check, to listen to Check the, show, the luggage tags. Yeah. Please. Yeah. And don't shoot people in the teeth. Don't. And we don't endorse violence in movies. No. Even though Johnny watches it. Um, so I was entertained by it. <laughs> That's entertaining to me. You went and I will say, I don't know. that I think that the one thing about evangelical sort of uh, guardrails that's interesting when I became a parent was... Like if there was a bad word used or something, mm-hmm. there was an assumption in our day that if we heard that bad word, we are immediately going to go use it. Oh, right. Yeah. Like we would have no control. So instead <laughs> yeah. of dealing with the self-control. So some, when Sadie would hear – now I'm like, she's in a world. Like I'll be like, hey, she'll hear a word. When she was little, she'd look at me. i go, hey, are we going to turn it off? I'd be like, are you going to say that word? She's like, no. I was like, okay. I mean, yeah. you start saying the word, and we'll then turn she's it like, off. Dad, you just said it. <laughs> We weren't watching a show. You said it when, while cooking bacon, the grease hit you and you screamed. You. Like, Are you going to say it? Like, That's great. <laughs> Answer me. She's like, put on a shirt, Dad. Good grief. Oh, I've, been, I've been. Why are you cooking bacon without a without shirt? Without a shirt, Johnny. I, who, who can know why? Guys. That's the image I want to you leave the show. show. I want to end the show with that image. That needs to be the cover art. Oh, that's Not great. what you've made. No. With the weird stained glass. <laughs> I want a cartoonic version of John. Maybe shave chest? Let's go full on. Here's the thing. If there was an actual picture, it would look cartoonic. No. I was, listening, I was listening to your thing the other day about, because uh, you had some clip go out about shaving your chest. is oh, supposed right. to make you, you were like. Right. It makes the muscles pop and the shadows. But like you and, said. Oh, so I look like a fat toddler. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. it's not. Yeah. yeah, I got the dough. Nothing's popping. No. Do you know what is popping, Johnny? What's that, Johnny? This website. It is. Talkaboutthatpodcast.com. Over 280 episodes for you to binge, watch, listen, whatever you want to do. A YouTube channel is yeah. out there for you to subscribe to. Please subscribe to that. Hit that notification button. That way you'll know about new episodes whenever they come out. Leave a review. Uh, that helps people yeah. find the show. We often read reviews on the show. We do read reviews on the show. And you can send us a little message. If you go to the website, talkaboutthatpodcast.com, there's a little place where you can leave us a message. In Russian or not. Whatever. We don't mind. Yeah. Whatever you want to do. Translate it first for us. There's a link at the top right where you can even support the show if you like and get ad-free content. We love our patrons. Yeah. Thank you for patronizing us. <sighs> it means so much. <laughs> Thank you for your patronage. Hey, check out Johnny W J O N N I E W dot com. You can check out his upcoming tour dates. Follow him on socials. The guy's everywhere, people. Go to johndriver.com to find out John's new published works and uh, all of the, the wonderful books that he's written in the past. Award winning uh, books. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like to brag, but uh, that's true. I did it, so you didn't. <laughs> You're just confirming. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. I made up the award. Yeah. Uh, but it's okay. I he wanted up. a statue, but we were like, mate, let's hold off. Yeah. Statues didn't work out well. So, but hey, guys, it did work out well today, though. And it's going to work out well again next week on Talk About That.
Hi, I'm Zach. And I'm Randy. And we're from Salty Saints Podcast. We're a theology and apologetics podcast. To find out more, subscribe at lifeaudio.com.